0: clinical research podcast, bringing you the latest developments in research explained by our world-leading clinicians, academics and scientists based in Nottingham. This week is Diabetes Week, so I've been speaking to Nottingham hepatologist Professor Guru Etal, whose research includes investigating fatty liver disease. Research is showing that diabetes and fatty liver disease have the kind of relationship where if they were in the same class at school you'd separate them to stop them making each other on. We talked about how that relationship works as well as how a better understanding of genetics means we'll be much more able to predict who will respond to what kind of treatment and why we need a genetic database that isn't so skewed towards Western ethnicities.
1: Common interest developed when fatty liver disease becoming more and more understood and became now the commonest chronic disease. And this is a common grounds for us. So. In two different ways, bidirectionally. Patients with diabetes have got almost all the time fatty liver disease of some degree. And diabetes makes fatty liver disease worse, as well as fatty liver disease contributes to precipitation of diabetes in a clinical way as well as uh, outcomes. Uh, So if you have got one of those two things, you have got more than excess risk of all-cause mortality, for example, when you put them together, it's more than two. Uh, So it is synergistic. So for that reason, I've been uh, focused on, and some of the diabetologists have taken more interest in uh, fat liver disease. More recently also, there is some progress has been made in terms of um, other end organ effects, diabetes causes. For example, there's progress on, uh, there's obvious focus on heart related problems in diabetic patients. There is focus on kidney and organ damage in uh, diabetes, uh, nerve damage in diabetes eye damage in diabetes retinal problems and so as these areas are more and more organized people are saying well what are the gaps and liver is the biggest gap so focus is slowly turning towards liver and that is why i'm uh, more interested in this area
0: what's the actual mechanics of how the fatty liver disease and the diabetes tie up
1: yeah yeah so this is called a twin cycle hypothesis um, where weight gain is probably the beginning. And then as we put on weight, fat uh, within the variety of depots, mainly fat in the skin, under the skin, as well as termi fat, what we call a visceral fat, the free fatty acid gets released and then they go through the portal circulation into the liver and liver has been one of the depots of um, fat but um, when fat really accumulates that causes resistance for some of the pathways within the liver for an action of insulin which means that insulin resistance is the primary reason of uh, type 2 diabetes. Insulin resistance in the periphery and the muscles first, but as soon as the liver gets fat, insulin resistance develops in the liver, and then two together make the diabetes get precipitated. So the liver is a key part of diabetes becoming more manifest. If you kind of split uh, blood glucose, for example, fasting blood glucose and postprandial after-food blood glucose, fasting blood glucose going up, which is the primary criteria for diagnosis diabetes, is mainly because of the liver problem.
0: As well as it being a factor in the disease, it's a way that you can help spot it as well. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, a guy called Naveen Sathar uh, from Glasgow he's a... Uh, uh, researcher in this area for a decade or so he had a cohort of patients from west of scotland coronary prevention trial ages ago Uh, and he has few publications early on nearly 10 years ago 2007 uh, and 9 i think around that time he looked at the stored blood from this uh, coronary prevention uh, cohort and showed that actually if you do a serial blood test liver enzymes are the best markers of predicting whether you're going to get diabetes or not in the future. And also, interestingly, if you kind of look at the blood glucose and liver enzymes, actually, liver enzymes are much better predictors than the blood glucose itself. Um, When you look before the event, of course, you define diabetes at the time when the threshold is crossed. But blood glucose goes up and down and it doesn't give a clue that it will go go beyond this threshold, but it will eventually. But liver enzyme gradually goes on. You know that you can bet your final penny saying, well, next time you're going to get diabetes. So in a way, it's a very good predictor of uh, you getting type two diabetes.
0: What, what do you think the directions are that from your research? Where is that going to take us?
1: Yeah, my interesting um, is for me is that um, diabetes will be the easiest risk factor for uh, chronic liver disease. So people who are focusing on early detection of chronic liver disease globally are starting to focus on diabetes. Um, Second is that diabetologists will uh, also now more and more focus on liver-related outcomes. Third, more scientifically, uh, more recently, I've been looking at uh, one of the genetic risk factors uh, which um, has been shown to predispose to fatty liver disease called um, glucokinase regulator. So, interestingly, this uh, uh polymorphism, uh, as you know, there are common polymorphism. We all have small changes in the spelling of DNA at a regular interval. These are called single nucleotide polymorphism. Many of them don't cause any problem at all. Some add a little bit uh, of a risk factor to some common conditions. Um, so one of the polymorphism in glucokinase regulator seem to determine whether you are resistant to treatments for diabetes. So for the first time, some signals of fatty liver and some signals of diabetes are overlapping. More interesting is that if you want to kind of think of drug, we still use drugs like a trial and error. You give one treatment, see whether it works, if it doesn't work, you add or take away and then substitute with other drug, right? So this one where you can have more and more genetic tests available, these are called polygenic score. This is just not multiple genes. This is just one gene test. Depending upon what you are uh, the spelling in the gene is, you might as well say, well, okay, this person is not going to respond to standard uh, diabetes medication like metformin. You might as well start him on something else. And the same thing also, there are two studies showing that if you are thinking of lifestyle changes, those without spelling mistake respond to this much better. So we are slowly moving into where we are using the knowledge of common, simple genetic factors into stratifying or grouping people saying, will they likely to respond or not likely to respond? And then almost like reduce this trial and error. So that is where I have got um, a common interest in diabetes.
0: I know you've done work on ethnicity as well and how the, those genetics might work there. How does all that link up?
1: We have got a large scale genetic studies done in a large population of patients with common conditions. For example, diabetes, there are hundreds of thousands of people uh, who have gone through these um, studies and we have got access to data publicly available to identify out of these 100,000, let's pick up 20,000 genetic signals and apply them into population and pick up say three to 5% of the population who in the future will be more susceptible to getting diabetes. So then not just staying in the secondary care clinic, we can apply to public health saying, well, if you want to really focus on intensive preventative measure, let's really focus on these 3%, then you will have a big advantage to public health. So coming back to ethnicity, where do we need to focus on? Well, these polygenic scores are overwhelmed by the data on European population because many of the studies have happened there Human Genome Project focused on that. So what we need now is to have broader and truly inclusive information, data being accessible. For that, studies need to be inclusive, involving people of all ethnic groups. Then we can have polygenicity score for ethnic groups dedicated, and then that is the beginning of some precision medicine. Um, before we can get there, we need really such big database where all the ethnic groups are represented adequately so that we can narrow it down. Brilliant. Okay, great. Super. Have a good day. Thank you. Thanks, Gary.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There's more information on Diabetes Week at the Diabetes UK website and you can find out more about Professor Atal on the NIHR Nottingham Biomedical Research Centre website which is www.nottinghambrc.nihr.ac.uk Thanks for listening. There are links in the show notes for more information on clinical research in Nottingham and the website is nuh.nhs.uk forward slash research. Our email and social media links are there too. If you want to stay up to date with the clinical research podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google, wherever you normally get your podcasts. The more shows are rated and reviewed, the more search engines like them and the easier it is for people to find us. So if you can subscribe and rate and review us, You'll be doing it for science, not just for our egos.